0: Welcome to Industry Leader's Journey, where we explore the lives and careers of conscious leaders who are making a positive impact on this world while they transform the supply chain and procurement business. My name is Sue Shen. Today we'll be traveling to the far Middle East into the exotic desert with Mohamed Sakhar, Chief Corporate Services Officer at Aldara. Aldara is a multinational leader in agribusiness, specializing in cultivation, production, and trading of animal feed and essential food, commodities, and end-to-end supply chain management. Aldara operates in over 20 countries and catering to more than 45 markets. Now, let's begin the journey. Hi, Mohamed. Thank you for being here with me.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, my pleasure.
0: So I'm excited to talk about your journey here. And last time when we met, it was last year. you told me that you lived once in Montreal and that was an instant connection with me because I and uh, you know I live in Montreal. So I would like to start the, the journey today from Montreal. What brought you to Montreal?
1: Yes, uh, that's true, actually. I've lived in Montreal for a few years. It was one of the most interesting and amazing experiences I've ever had. Montreal has its own flavor, I'm sure, being a very uh, European city in the North American context, which is uh, quite unique. So uh, back in, in mid-20s, I I've taken the decision with my wife to move to Montreal. We were quite young at that time. We wanted to experience uh, the West in a way. So we said that uh, it's a it's perfect time for us, something we haven't done before. So uh, I I was already an uh, expatriate myself, so I was living in the uh, UAE back then.
0: Yeah, you are originally from Lebanon, right?
1: Yes, exactly. So I've, uh, I was born and raised in Lebanon, then uh, started my uh, expatriation journey at the age of 23. So I've lived in Saudi Arabia, uh, working on uh, construction sites, and then moved to the uh, UAE, and then... Uh, took me back to uh, uh, Montreal, and uh, here I am back in uh, the UAE again.
0: So what did being an immigrant teach you after having lived in three different countries?
1: So, uh, first of all, your relationship with the people, wherever you go, that people are the same everywhere. And uh, I don't want to put this as a cliche. That's really true, you know. Generally, I feel that people are The same, whether it's in North America, Europe, the Middle East, everywhere. It's how to understand, approach people, how to uh, culturally connect with them. That's the most interesting part. And that's what you learn over time. Being able to culturally connect with the people, uh, listen to them. You know, you end up building friendships.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, connections beyond the border,
1: right? (laughs) Exactly. That's the beauty of it. That's from one side. It also teaches you to be flexible and able to adjust to any situation in any circumstances and uh, make the best out of it. You know? And that's the beauty of being able to live in different places, in different times as well.
0: Yeah, that embracing the diversity and being open-minded and then creating the connections with the people—that's beautiful. I noticed that from your career. It's like similar pattern there. Um, you integrated two companies after mergers and that seems to be kind of a theme in your career development. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you did that so well? Like you always uh, you know, reinvent yourself and uh, after these mergers or integrating into new companies.
1: I think, first of all, you only need to live it once and live it well enough, you know, to be able to know how to do it in different places. Meaning that it's always the same when, it's, uh, when you're integrating a new, new organization, you need to understand quickly how to adapt. I think adaptability is the, is the important notion over here. You know You need to build on your previous uh, lessons and uh, learn quickly how to build relationships and uh, at the same time, I mean show the best out of you. I think that's the most important. And that's what helps you overall to succeed in situations like this.
0: Mm -hmm. Adaptability, yeah. You know, just like your personal experience with being a migrant, same thing, right?
1: Exactly.
0: Open-minded and adapt uh, to the new environment, right? After all that changes, uncertainties, and challenges you have gone through, uh, through your personal immigration or, you know, working for different industries and companies, do you still have any fear left?
1: My fear is just to, to get between brackets rusty in a way. So, something I have uh, learned uh, is that I, I read this somewhere it's like, if you rest, you rust. So, this puts a lot of pressure on me every day to keep on learning, keep on developing myself, keep on improving, you know. And that's the message I also transferred to my colleagues, to the people working with me. You cannot be the same. Next week, you cannot be the same in one month next year. You need to keep on evolving. You need to make the best out of your time to grow yourself and make sure that you're acquiring new skills, new abilities you know and that's my biggest fear is that I reach a place where um, it becomes too difficult for me to acquire new skills,
0: yeah. If you rest, you rust. Something to ponder on. Okay. So I'm so excited to now dive into these uh, industries that I'm not that familiar with. So important these days, especially when it comes to sustainability, agriculture industry, especially in the Middle East. Let's talk about Aldara, the company you're currently working for. Can you explain a little bit about what Aldara does?
1: Sure. So uh, Aldara was uh, created back in the early 2000s as an arm to uh, promote uh, the food and feed security of the UAE. So this is the mission of the company issue. And having said that, it has expanded into uh, 14 business units from the US up to Australia, making sure that there is food and feed coming in, in the UAE, but also to other places in any circumstances. So that's basically the, the initial mission of the organization. Now it has become more commercially driven organization in that sense. And uh, we currently operate to places where it's very difficult to farm. So we have large farms in Egypt, Romania, and Serbia. So so we have these, uh, I don't know if you've seen them in any picture or video, we operate these big uh, pivots. So these large green green circles that you see in the desert. So these are farming Mm -hmm. areas which operate into very harsh desert conditions.
0: Yeah,
1: And this exists, by the way, not only in Egypt, but also in the US. We have primarily uh, this vertical, other verticals, such as the animal feed and the animal nutrition solutions is something that we have developed over the course of several years. So Aldara is quite uh, reputable for being the leader mm-hmm. uh, in the forage specifically. And we have finally uh, developing vertical, which is more related to fruits and vegetables, as well as uh, rice. Mm
0: -hmm. So what's your role at at Aldara currently?
1: The way I I like to describe my role is uh, my job is to make others do their job (laughs) in a a, a nutshell. So basically within the corporate functions of, of Aldara, I take care of procurement, human resources, health and safety insurance, just to make sure that the organization has the highest level of standards in terms of uh, all what it needs to operate, basically. So this is how it started. Obviously, procurement is something key within this large framework. As you can imagine, for an organization that farms, manufactures, and ships products to different locations, we have an enormous spend to manage so that we actually achieve the, uh, the objectives of our shareholders.
0: Mm-hmm. I know you're very passionate about the procurement. Uh, we've been working with you quite a few years here in uh, SAP Ariba. I actually wanted to ask, what makes you feel so passionate about procurement?
1: So I discovered procurement a little bit late in my career, namely uh, maybe five years back. I took over the procurement transformation and centralization within al But I quickly connected to procurement, which I found to be a very interesting topic. So before that, I was more an outsider, you know, seeing procurement more like, you know, just this connection with your supplier just to get codes and then place products and so on. It turned out to be completely different. It turned out to be a continuous discovery process. A collaborative relationship between different players in the organization and outside the organization. There is a lot of hunting, if you wish, within procurement. And that's something for me extremely interesting. And uh, something which also I adore about procurement is that it's tangible and measurable. You can demonstrate efficiency and you can demonstrate that you're getting things done and you're meeting your objectives in a relatively clear way. Something which does not necessarily resonate with other business functions. Wow. So given all these, I mean, I find myself quite a big fan of procurement if you wish.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a really good attribute you're talking about. Uh, intellectually uh, challenging and interesting and hunting. Hunting for sourcing, I guess that's what you mean by hunting for the better. Exactly. Uh, materials and and the partnership inside and outside the organization and and tangible and measurable and you're creating the efficiency. Awesome, yeah. I can understand why you love it. Now, I actually wanted to ask you about your one of the stakeholders, uh, which is actually farmers. Yeah. It's quite unique and different than this typical corporate setting. So how was it when you were rolling out this big Ariba transformation, Ariba platform, and ultimately farmers have to use this? And what was your challenge when it comes to change management?
1: So the, the biggest challenge uh, procuring for farmers is that usually it's something which is very localized. So usually it's a farm manager, farm director who takes the decision on the ground and he's the ultimate decision taker. He wants this product and not that product. So there is a lot of loyalty between brackets to brand. There is a lot of connection with the entourage, the connections with the families around. Usually it's a remote areas where you have the large farms. So people have a lot of relationships locally. And then you have... This guy coming from the head office of Aldara, going there and telling them, you know what, if you want to buy, you need to create the request and then it needs to be approved and then we need to get codes and then we need to evaluate and need to make sure that the supplier is registered, otherwise they won't be able to quote. you know. So it sounded a little bit uh, evasive and, uh, you know, invasive uh, of their area and uh, And that's the biggest challenge you face. So the right approach to this is build relationship, Mm -hmm. uh, secure quick wins, and build on on them. So don't try to come from top to bottom. uh, Rather, go from bottom to top. Mm -hmm. Because if you think you will achieve full efficiency and full enrollment immediately, that's going to be quite difficult. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is to to be on the ground, communicate with these guys, show them that you can make something different mm-hmm. and try with the, with the categories that probably are easier to source and then build on that. And you will be surprised over time that, you know, you gain trust that in, in a way that they come to you and start telling you, you know what? We need your help. We need mm-hmm. to do this. Maybe Ariba can help us on this. Can we run a search? We're looking for this specific items we are not able to find locally. So this is our experience uh, with regards to the implementation with uh, with farming. Obviously, you also need sometimes to be uh, very straightforward when it comes to uh, practices, policies, application, and so on. So it's two ways and has to be rolled out very measured way.
0: Right. I'm smiling, as you can see, because <laughs> it's such a nice story. And um, I can see, you know, like we talked about in the beginning uh, about your journey and being an immigrant and, and you kind of learn how to connect with the people, different kind of people. And I think that is amazing skills or your gifts, your talents that you have. And using that to create this transformation. It's like bring this super high tech digitalization to this farm uh, who's been tra- traditionally farming for hundreds of years probably just by the relationship and yeah that's huge transformation and change management and you're making it so easily because of the the Indian human relationship and connection and trust very nice okay so now I want to shift a little bit and talk about this the food and beverage think tank that we are doing together one of the main reasons we invited you to this think tank is um First of all, your passion for the procurement always shining through. You've been a great partner with us and uh, being that great advocate for the procurement transformation. But also it was very interesting that you're leading this uh, sector, right, agribusiness, and which is so important for the sustainability. That was reason for us to invite you. What's the key reason for you to accept our invitation and to join this executive think tank for the food and beverage?
1: You know, I don't think I've told you this story, but f- funny enough, I mean, I was actually connecting with your local SAP office as well, and also other players here on the market to build sort of a local community of experts mm-hmm. in the procurement field in, in the Middle East region. And then you approached me for uh, this F&B think tank, and it sounded like you know a perfect match, to be honest. Sitting on the table... Uh, around the table with people uh, from exactly similar backgrounds and uh, very similar challenges I believe as well Uh, and looking forward to transform the way procurement acts in the sustainability sphere you know for me that's amazing and uh, the ability to take part of it and uh, influence how things could potentially happen course of the coming few years Mm -hmm. I think that's great also I'm a firm believer that alone we cannot do much but Collectively, uh, mm-hmm. the effect is much better. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. That collectiveness, that's good. The other topic I want to talk about is food security. You briefly mentioned in the beginning that is a serious issue, and especially in your region, where probably the region which would be the first place to feel that global warming impact. What are the innovative initiatives that Aldara is working on to mitigate this risk?
1: I can be very, very, very Uh, sincere by saying that sustainability, and I've witnessed it in the past few months, is becoming a discussion of every day in Algaro. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's somebody else, but it's a big topic on the agenda right now for different reasons. Because wherever we are, we have a lot of challenges to deal with, which will impact how we will do things in the coming few years. Having said that, we have implemented a number of measures, which we will, actually, it will only go, it will never go backwards. I mean, we will keep on improving on this. One of them is getting our, completely from the solar,
0: mm-hmm.
1: from solar panels mm-hmm. in the Egyptian desert. And that's a massive change because, you know, these pivots that I've just described, they're, they're heavy consumers of energy. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we've decided to do, along with uh, the local expertise in, in Egypt, is to build uh, solar panels to be able to provide us with all the energy that we need to operate our farms. Yeah. Something else we have, uh, we have been closely working on is developing every single way to use the water consumption. Uh-huh. and uh, that could happen either through uh, better irrigation systems in place or through utilizing machine learning and artificial intelligence.
0: Yeah, and I also read about uh, your uh, partnership with the uh, Israeli company WaterGen, and that technology yeah. sounds very interesting. Can you explain a little bit about
1: it? Yeah, so on this exactly what happens is that we extract water from the air. Mm-hmm through large tank. And this can be either for uh, large-scale consumption, say uh, big units, big camps, and so on, or individual uh, units, like small house, small farm. for instance.
0: Right. Plus, well, for the desert, it's perfect solution. It's a uh, capture, extract the water from the air, so.
1: Exactly. These are amazing solutions. But I think in the coming few years, the most important is that sustainability will be embedded in our business practices more and more. That's right. Yeah, I love that. Yes. So
0: in that note, then what do you think uh, you would like to do um, with your team to contribute to that sustainability effort in your day-to-day procurement function?
1: So as procurement leader, okay, I'd like to see my team giving credits and source more from suppliers who are adhering to sustainability efforts. hmm how we do this is something we will need to elaborate more, I think, in the coming few few years for different reasons because also, in, at least in the Middle East region, we may not necessarily be equipped with a large source of uh, suppliers which, which, which may adhere to these uh, mm. parameters. Mm. But definitely it's something we would like to see. So giving more business, if you wish, to suppliers who, who help us meet our sustainability targets right i think by creating this snowball effect this domino effect it's a way to create a circular economy in a way which goes into the overall effect of creating a sustainability economy
0: right right what are those uh, key metrics in terms of sustainability
1: for your company so we have created this uh, metric for us if you wish you know it's a way to reward uh, the business and at the same time to to create again, a circular economy
0: mm-hmm.
1: is by saying that a certain percentage of whatever saving we will do on our uh, procurement exercise will go to fund sustainability initiatives mm. because sustainability initiatives do require funding so the way we would like to fund this is to making more and more savings and we promote this internally so that each business knows that every time you make savings on your purchases, it goes for a good cause because wow. a percentage of this goes to fund sustainability in- initiatives. So, this could be in the form of social initiatives or some recycling efforts uh, or uh, better energy solutions. And this already has created a lot of enthusiasm internally. So, people try to support this in different ways and we're quite confident that we'll see more similar uh, initiatives in the coming few years
0: i love this so it's like exactly procurement you know what you're good at and then the saving yes. will actually contribute to the sustainability initiatives amazing
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: that's good that's how you're gonna lead the procurement team so on that note uh, i will wrap this up with a optimistic note Finish this sentence. I am optimistic
1: that... Okay, so I'm optimistic that uh, these times will will, uh, will change for the better. Uh, there will be light at the end of the tunnel. So this pandemic will end. I think the economy will uh, rebound. We'll see a good rebound in the coming uh, few months ahead. I'm optimistic about it. I'm optimistic by nature. Mm-hmm. So I, I always see something good in whichever event okay i think i think the future can only be better
0: great okay i'm very happy to hear this optimistic note and thank you for sharing your amazing journey and your uh, your true uh, sample of resilience and being a global citizen learning these different cultures and learning how to connect with uh, no matter who and that's a really showing that in your success of your career journey as well yeah that's truly inspiration so Thank you so much Thank for joining me today, and I'm looking forward to continuing to working with you uh, through our Food and Beverage Think Tank, and uh, let's make some good impact.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you so much. and looking forward to next stages in uh, Food and Beverage Think Tank.
0: Thank you for joining me on this journey. I really enjoyed this conversation. I find Muhammad is resilient to adapt and reinvent himself over and over using his superpower, which is understanding how to connect with people from different backgrounds. Mohammed got the truth. People are the same everywhere. I hope this journey inspired you to create a meaningful career journey for yourself. If you like this episode, please give us thumbs up and subscribe.
1: Thanks for joining us on this episode of Industry Leaders Journey. This series is produced by the Industry Value Chain team at SAP where we are committed to making the world run better and improving people's lives. For more information and to access all of our podcasts, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Ariba.com.